What's up, guys? Rick here with your DFS preview for this week's Valero Texas Open, the final event before the Masters. Uh, lots of things to go over from last week's. I've got, I've got winners. I've got prizes. I've got success stories. I've got news. All of it right now. First of all, there's going to be plenty more content coming this week. There is already a short kind of first look preview video on the Rick Run Good YouTube channel and in your feeds. There's, of course, going to be the betting and one and done preview on Tuesday. There is a back to the regular time live chat Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern time. That's for all your ownership, weather, questions and answers, final thoughts, whatever you want. Um, there's also an 8.15 p.m. Wednesday live jock market power hour. That is stock market DFS. Joe Idoni and myself uh, love doing that every single week. Lots of winners, lots of people making money in the jock market and lots of people making money in the Rick Run Good community. Just a couple I want to shout out. As you can imagine, uh, the strategy involved uh, with last week was incredibly important. There were 15% of lineups that uh, had two golfers from the same group. So essentially contests were almost rake free last week by those by those players. Thank you very much. And a ton that were built suboptimally. So as you can imagine, I got a lot of emails. I got a lot of tweets. I got a lot of messages in the Slack, but two that I want to point out in particular, Richard won $4,000, which when you win 4,000 bucks that you're going to make the show. And then the other one here, uh, Reginald sent me a message and he said he wasn't going to play, but he watched the content. He learned the strategy and he went out and finished 15th in a, in the $200 single entry. And he said, um, I believe he said, I'm close to winning one of these. You know, he, that, that to me is like, I think Reginald gets it, right? You know, the idea that, you know, trust the process, uh, the idea that you know, the more the more and more close calls you get, it's almost like golf in general. Like, like winning tournaments is hard. It's hard to win a golf tournament. It's hard to win a GPP. You keep putting yourself in that position. Uh, you knock on the door enough, eventually it opens. So congratulations to those. And then also I drew winners for subscriptions to rickrungood.com. Those winners at top 100 golfer. Congratulations. And Jackson Sawyer, I have reached out to both of you uh, to get a subscription to rickrungood.com. If you want to enter a draw to win a subscription to rickrungood.com, there are two ways to do it. If you're on YouTube, uh, make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you like the video and then leave a comment below with who you think is going to win the Texas Open this week. The other way, and you can do them both, leave a five-star rating and review on the podcast version of this show. It's called 300 Yards to Unknown. It's in the description. Um, leave a five-star rating and review. Say something nice. Leave me your Twitter handle. That's it. That'll get you into the draw as well. Additionally, how about this? How about this, guys? I'm, I'm, I'm unbelievably proud today and, and this week in, in general. Um, here's the bracket challenge we did for last week. Here are all the leagues on PGATour.com. We had the largest private league by far and the third largest league of anything. The two above us were public leagues, so anybody could have gotten in. You needed a password to get into, into the Rick Rungood bracket challenge. We had 1,094 people in it. The next closest private league had 436. That was the PGA Tour Fan Council. Uh, I, I'm I'm stunned. I'm shocked. I'm humbled. Uh, it's it's awesome. Um, I, I said I was going to give out prizes. I was expecting a tenth of this. Um, so what I've done is, and I'll and I'll show you the the winner here. <clears throat> I've actually started to reach out. So so uh, Lance Nagel uh, or Nagel won. Congratulations. First of all, got the final. Uh, got the champion right. Billy Horschel coming out of 
his group going all the way and winning that. It was enough to spur Lance on to victory. Uh, very good job here by Lance. It's a good-looking bracket considering how ugly most of these brackets were. Lance gets it done. And then I'll show you the standings here. You know, Lance and Silu and Matt and Danny and Tucker and, and Lucas and answer in the number. Um, I, I've, I've, what I'm trying to do is, is find all of you guys. So what I did is I've tweeted out the, a, a, a first wave, so to speak. So anybody who finished eighth or better, there's technically 12 of you with ties. Uh, I want to get in touch with you. If, you. if you're on the screen right now, uh, uh, reach out to me, send me an email. If uh, I also tweeted this out so you can, you can see your name over there as well. And then that, so that'll be for the winners with, with subscriptions and stuff. But then I also was just so blown away with the with the response that um, you know I, I just started whatever I could find right I've got logo balls um, for for Rick Run Good and for First Cut and for Sung J M and like all this random stuff and I've just got this, these these items that you know I'm I'm happy to send out because I thought um, the response was unbelievable so thank thank you again uh, that this is the first wave I'm trying to get in touch with if if your name is on the screen reach out to me I'll get you taken care of. I think that's it for the housekeeping items. Oh, no, I guess there's one more. Um, these sports books are all competing for everybody's money. William Hill, Bet Rivers, Bet MGM. The offers they're putting out are pretty ridiculous at the moment. Uh, William Hill is still offering free bets up to $2,021 for like four or five states. Uh, I believe this is an extension of their March Madness offer. So I don't, I think it might end at the end of the month. Um, go to rickrungood.com slash bets. See what books, what, what the current offer is for your state and for your book. I mean, it's literally free money. It's crazy. It's just an arms race to get users at this point. It's unbelievable what they're willing to do. Other than that, oh, one last thing. I am updating the WGC match play data, the strokes gained information into the website, uh, probably over the next couple of days. Uh, it's going to take a while. It's going to be a little bit slower because the data comes in differently. And then when the match play data is on the site and you see strokes gained, remember that, um, you know, not every hole was finished. There's kind of weird things going on with match play. It'll be a, it'll be a good uh, thing to look at, but it won't be completely bulletproof. So just keep that in mind, but the data is coming. Bear with me on that. Otherwise guys, this is going to be fun. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's go to um, let's go to the course key stats and jump into it for this week. All right, TPC San Antonio. It's a par 72. It's 7,400 yards. It's played host to this event every year since 2010, uh, obviously except for 2020, no event last year. So we do have really good course history and data and the correlation model. The problem is when I get down there, it's not all that strong. While the data is there and it's complete, there's not like one or two standout stats, which is a little bit unfortunate, but um, what you'll notice is, especially around the green, I mean, there's just bunkers all over this place, 64 of them. A lot of them are huge, uh, which is why it's no real surprise to see strokes gained around the green pop up as uh, the most important stat. Now, how important is it? A little bit more than average, right? I mean, it's 27th out of 50, which means there's, there's actually, I guess, a little worse than average. There's 26 other courses on the PGA Tour, strokes gained around the green is more important, and then driving accuracy. Those are the only two that stand out, and they're not very strongly correlated. So what does that say? There's not a specific model for this week. There's not a specific uh, skill set. I do think around the green is going to be great, and, and when we get in situations like this, maybe we just rely on what is always the most important stat, which tends to be strokes gained approach, right? You can see in terms of value, strokes gained approach uh, still 
up there with strokes gained off the tee as as in terms of value, but when you look at it course by course, it falls a little bit. So uh, that's how I do these ranks and I do these values. But if if you're interested, if you're interested in finding guys that are are, are strokes gained around the green specialists, we can sort by that. And let's say in the last, uh, let's do pretty recent. Let's do 35 rounds. Not all of them would be measured. It is noteworthy. Akshay Batia leads the way. Uh, he is a raw but talented guy. $6,400, only 12 measured rounds, but he leads this field in strokes gained around the green. Might be a bit noisy, probably chipped in a couple of times during that stretch. Chris Kirk is there. Ricky Fowler, who you got to win, Ricky. Ricky's got to win to get himself into the Masters next week. Uh, great short game player. Benny on Scotty Scheffler. I'm, listen, I'm, I'm recording this uh, early on a Monday morning. I'm not very optimistic about uh, Scotty Scheffler playing this golf tournament. That's just me. That's just me. You know, he he plays seven rounds over over five days at at the match play last week. It is a lot of golf. I would not be surprised to see Scotty take the week off, head to Augusta National. That's that's my hunch. Uh, Adam Hadwin and then DJ kind of round out the rest of these guys. If you're looking for just more pure ball strikers. Pure, pure approach players. Look who has been absolutely scorching hot in the last 35 rounds. Charlie Hoffman. We're going to talk about him. Uh, Corey Connors, your defending champion. Keegan Bradley, Matthew Neesmith, Dustin Johnson. Uh, DJ's name popping up a bit. We'll obviously talk about him. And I think now's the time. Let's jump over to the cheat sheet and break this whole thing down. All right, let's go. Five golfers over $10,000 led by Dustin Johnson. Am I willing to pay this price? I guess. I don't know. I'm going to wait to see what the ownership comes out to be. But l- listen, I don't think DJ is a fade this week, but I think there are l- there are reasonable concerns about Dustin Johnson. He's coming in off of a 54th at work day. That's not great. A 48th of the players by his own standards. These are two terrible results. Uh, doesn't get out of his own group in match play. And he like... He hate registered for this event, right? Like he registered like, I don't know, five minutes before the deadline after he lost uh, in the group stage on Friday. He registers for this event. That tells me he doesn't feel ready for Augusta National and he needs more competitive rounds under his belt to figure things out. Can anybody figure them out like DJ? No, this guy can flip a switch. He can go 80, 80, 78, win a golf tournament, all that good stuff. Uh, so, so if he finds it, he's going to be disastrous. I'm a bit concerned that the, the nature of him getting into this event and why he did it leaves me thinking that he, that he's, that he's looking for something. I don't know what that something is, but that would be my assumption here. Uh, I think Finau is probably going to end up being the, like, if you want to win a big GPP play, uh, you know, he has played well here in the past. He's obviously on a stretch of pretty good golf at the moment because I think a lot of people are going to go to Jordan Spieth and I think it's going to be completely warranted. You know, we've, we've talked about Spieth, uh, a ton over, uh, since the farmer's insurance open and it is incredibly warranted. So here's, let me pull him up here. All right. So Dating back to Farmers, which is right here, there have only been two rounds of golf that Jordan Spieth has lost strokes on approach. Uh, that includes last week's WGC. He was phenomenal. He played, I believe, I guess it would have been four rounds, gained strokes on approach in all four of them. I have to load them into the Holy Grail still. That's what I was referencing earlier. Give me a little bit of time. Uh, but he was he was great with the approach game. Uh 
that's that's scary when he gets going. So I think just a lot of people are going to say, okay, it's Jordan Spieth time. Forget about Scotty. Forget about Hideki. I'm not paying up for for DJ. I think Spieth probably is the most popular player on this slate. I think that's at least of the 10K guys. We'll get to maybe some more value guys, but I think that's I think that's pretty fair. I probably I probably don't think Scotty plays this event. If he does, um, I, I think he looked I think he looked a little bit tired, a little bit flat on Sunday. Sunday was a really grueling day in the weather. I would be concerned about it, and I don't think I want to pay ten thousand four hundred again. I don't think he really plays Hideki. I have no idea what to do with Hideki anymore. You know, he's ten thousand one hundred. The results. There was a time where Hideki was was exactly the same every single week. He was a, the best ball striker on the planet. He was losing three strokes putting, and uh, he was his floor he was just gonna have pile up top 20s like that's what he was gonna do and if he ever putted well for a week he was gonna win it's not really what we're seeing anymore I mean the stretch of golf from farmers to even through the work day it's starting to get a little bit better but the irons were were miserable the off the tee game was miserable we're starting to see signs of life again now gaining strokes on approach in four of seven I think or I'm sorry no that's got to be seven of eight uh, rounds and then the off the tee game starting to come back a little bit. So I'm, I'm growing more optimistic about Hideki. I don't know if this is the spot. I think if you are a glutton for punishment, you could get Hideki get a really good number this week because I don't think, I don't think anybody's going to own him. I think you have, you, there's going to be the, the speed love. Then you're going to drop down to Corey Connors, Ryan Palmer, Charlie Hoffman. That's the next group. Like to me, I think Hideki could unlock a lot of stuff. If you're trying to be a week early instead of maybe a week late on, on Decky. The 9K range is probably where a lot of the chalk comes into play. I think there's going to be plenty of love for Corey Connors, your defending champion, who didn't make it out of his group in match play, but that was Spieth's group. It was pretty tough. You get you get top 10s at the Players' Championship, third place finish at the API. I, I think I think Connors uh, correctly garners uh, quite a bit of attention. I think Ryan Palmer is going to garner attention. I, I like Palmer a lot here, so we can go to the... I added this button. I don't know if you saw this. More history. Uh, so here's here's Palmer who plays here a ton, right? So he's missed the cut the last two years, but the three years before that, sixth, fourth, and sixth, he had another 15th place finish in 2013. He had a top 10 back in 2010. Like this to me... Like I, I think I don't know what I don't know what the ownership is going to shake out on, but uh, the pivot from from Connors to Palmer to me is pretty interesting. Palmer, uh, you know, got into a tiebreaker with John Rahm at um, at the match play and failed to win that tiebreaker, and I. I do not blame him for that, right? John Rahm, I don't know what he is, number two, number three player in the world at the moment. Uh, I'm not going to blame him for that. Where all the chalk will likely be is Charlie Hoffman, who actually played terrible on Sunday at Punta Cana. He was in he was in that event. I think he started the day three back. Then I think he shot five over. It was it was brutal. But he's, he had two top twenties leading into that. He's won this event. He finished second last year. He popped up on guys that are ball striking the heck out of it when I did that. So I think I think Charlie Hoffman well deserved chalk. Um, if you, if you made me choose, I'd probably prefer to be underweight on Charlie than overweight because of the guy that's right below him, which is Bre- Brendan Steele, who my goodness, Brendan Steele was the last guy. Let me see if I can pull this up here. Steele was the last man out of the WGC match play. Eric, Eric fun Royan, uh, was the last man in Brendan Steele one spot behind him in the official world golf ranking. So he was the last guy who missed the cut. Didn't play in Punta Cana. Uh, either. So the last time we saw him play was Honda, which he finished third. 
right? Third place finish there. He has not missed a cut in 2021. That's eight in a row. He started the year off with a fourth at, at Sony, and he's got a third in his last start. Oh, by the way, has won this golf tournament before. Okay, and look at his profile. Look at his profile. Why is why is Brendan Steele having more success this year? Well, his off the tee game continues to be really good. His approach game has taken a bit of a uh, a downward trend, but he's been better recently. Remember, that's his whole season. Let me pull him up, just like recent round by round, so we can go maybe just the year of 2020. Yeah, so he's been getting better recently. His last four rounds, all at the Honda, gained strokes on approach in all of those. Uh, play, you know, has, has hit it generally pretty well for the entire calendar year. And um, there was one other point I was going to make. Oh yeah, that's right. He is, look at this, much improved on the short game around the green. That's going to be handy this week. He's gained a quarter of a stroke per round there. By far the best uh, uh, statistical season of his of his career around the green. So uh, the formula's there for Steele. I really like this. I, I think it makes a lot of sense. I, I like the, the mindset. I like the way he goes out on, on some of these golf courses. So Steele, for me, uh, is a really nice pivot off of the, the Charlie Hoffman chalk. So let's go to the 8K range, which you could argue this is where it starts to fall off a little bit. Eh, it's okay, but the, let's let's do this. Let's go to the trends. Let's find some 8K players that we might be interested in. Uh, let's do it by strokes gained. So let's do since the start of 2021, strokes gained by rounds here. Look at that. DJ's pretty sour. Uh, let's see what we can find. So I want to find the first guys in the 8K range. Well, Danny Willett pops up before any golfer in the 8K does, but he only has eight measured rounds. He's at 1.52. Chris Kirk. Okay, so Chris Kirk at 8,600 bucks has 26 rounds. It's a lot of measured rounds. 1.4 strokes gained per round. That's phenomenal. Andrew Putnam pops up. Kevin Chappell before we get an 8K guy. Chase Seifert before we get an 8K guy. Here we go. Cameron Davis, 1.09. That makes sense. Lonzo Griffin, 1.06. These are the guys I'd probably stick with. It's interesting that you start to run into some some 7K guys before you do the 8K guys. Here's Chris Kirk. Uh, this makes a lot of sense. Not only is he playing well, uh, it's it's turning into results, right? Eighth at API, hasn't missed a cut in a while, has played well at this event. Let's go back to more history here. Here's Chris Kirk. So uh, didn't play it in 2019, but played it the four years prior. Three of them resulted in top 13 finishes. One missed cut. That is pretty good for Chris Kirk now. Uh, certainly playing well at the moment. I, I like Kirk out of this $8,000 range. Let's see who else we have here. Um, Joel Damon, I think, is kind of interesting. It, listen, he was brutal before he won last week in Punta Cana. I think most people would like to write off the guy who just won in Punta Cana. Joel Damon... He's got unfinished business. He's still not in the Masters. Winning Punta Cana did not get him in the Masters. He's got to win this week to get in. Do I think he's going to do that? No. Do I think he has a ton of incentive to try? Yes. I think it is a weird kind of situation where this week, um, some of these guys might, it might be a little bit of a look ahead. Not everybody, not everybody, but it might be a little bit of a look ahead. Try to hit some shots that you might want to hit at, at Augusta National. Get the game right. If you finish T27 here, does it matter? Like, I, I think there's a lot of those guys, but I also think there's a lot of guys that have work to do and are taking this as an opportunity. Uh, and I think, and I think Damon has work to do. Let's flip over to the Holy Grail and find some ball strikers for like the seven K range here. So here's what I want to do again. I'm going to do since the start of 2021 and we'll do strokes gained approach and let's just see where these guys are priced at. So Spieth is one Hoffman two, 
Kelly Craft is three. He only has 11 measured rounds. Look at Harry Higgs. Harry Higgs is fourth. Uh, basically a stroke per round on approach. Now, the problem for Harry, every other category is pretty ugly. <laughs> that's, the, that's the problem for Harry, but uh, that's good to see the ball striking. There's Cameron Davis again. So we've seen Cameron Davis pop up on a couple of these lists now. Not only is it strokes gain total, but it's strokes gain approach, which is a good sign. Um, he's 8,800, which is... Probably the most expensive he's been in a while, but um, I don't know. I, I love Cam Davis, so you're certainly not going to hear any any ifs, ands, or buts from me. Here's Sam Ryder. Is it Sam Ryder season, right? Back-to-back top 10s now. So he goes 10th, or he goes 8th, excuse me, at the Honda Classic and finishes runner-up at Punta Cana, continuing the good trends. He's doing it via ball striking, which is a great sign. $7,400 might be pretty good. Matthew Neesmith, we've talked about a lot, so I won't expend so much energy on this, but um, yeah, the finishes are there as well. Made the cut again at, at the Honda Classic. Difficult course. The ball striking's phenomenal. Around the green game has been good in the last five weeks. I would focus probably in the 7K range on where were they? Sam Ryder, 74. He's right here. Harry Higgs, if I was super desperate, at 71. There was also another name. Oh, it was Cam Davis. He's not. He's not in the seven thousand dollars range. That's what I was. That's what I was looking at. Um, you know, go, uh, looking at what you know, like Eric Von Royen. Um, you know, played well at, at match play. I think this is going to be the first time he's teeing it up in Texas. Not super stoked about it. Uh, Denny McCarthy. Let's do. Let's do a deeper dive on Denny because he had that third place finish at Honda. And if you remember. We played Denny a lot in the uh, at the end of the summer and into the fall because he was starting to turn the corner with his irons and he was still the best putter on the planet. Let's see where he's where he's ranking out these days. So Honda, uh, this is a great sign. This is a really great sign. Th- this is this is absolutely the blueprint for. Uh, for Denny McCarthy. Most guys I would be worried about when you gain five strokes putting, you're like, that's unsustainable. That's kind of what Denny does, right? He gained five at Honda, four at the players, five at the API, three straight events. That's kind of what he does. Look back at his history. This is what he does. The idea for him is to just be small positives everywhere else, which is exactly what he did at Honda. Didn't even gain a full stroke off the tee. Didn't even gain a full stroke on approach was great around the greens. I'll give him that. Uh, but this is kind of the blueprint for, for Denny. Um, so I, I don't mind this for him as much as other guys because the blueprint's different for every single golfer. You got to remember that. Have I skipped Patton Kazire yet? He's got to be in this field somewhere. Okay, he's right here. He's 7,200. Um, click the wrong name. Misses the cut at the Honda, which I believe was his first missed cut in like... 12 events, 10 events, something like that. He's been on a really good stretch. He's popped three times in there. He has three top 11 finishes uh, in in that stretch where he just missed his cut for the first time. So I think it's like 12 events. So he's got three top 11 finishes in there. Really reasonable price. Also, when he plays well, he outperforms his finishing position with fantasy points a ton, which is always super valuable, obviously, because we're playing fantasy golf. $6,000 range. This is where things start to fall off a cliff in a big way. I'm going to go back to the trends here, and let's do median fantasy points since the start of 2020. I want a little bit of a bigger sample size here because uh, some of these guys don't play all the time. So I'm going to sort by, yeah, see, here's what I'm thinking. Austin Eckert. So he's 6,300. 
this is all from like one start. This was uh, U.S. Open, I think, is where he got all these points. And then I think he missed the cut once. So Austin Eckert, uh, a ton of upside, very small sample size. He's 6,300. I'm scrolling down to try to find some value. Wes Bryan, probably not going to go back to Wes Bryan. Uh, burned everybody a couple of weeks ago. Maybe I should. Will Gordon's on this list, 6,800. His median DraftKings score in that time frame has been 63. Draft Kings points. He's the third best in the 6K range. Adam Shank. Let's look at Adam Shank. Let's look at Shank. Yeah, uh, I was hoping for something better. Uh, He was great here in the fall at the end of the summer into the fall where he was just making a bunch of cuts, played him a lot at like Punta Cana and, you know, Sanderson and stuff like that. And then he's, he's, he's really struggled as of late. Uh, I I think this is a good sign right here. Honda, he gains 5.7 strokes on approach. Uh, absolutely phenomenal ball striker. We don't have the shot link data from Punta Cana, but he, he did make the cut. He finished 56. I wouldn't mind this. I'm not, I, I'm, I'm lukewarm to it at $6,800. I wouldn't be thrilled about it, but I, I couldn't blame you either. Doc is 6,600. Am I just going to go down with the ship on Doc Redman at 6,600 bucks and hope that he, hope that he gets it. Here's, here's Akshay. Akshay has not played since the, since Pebble Beach, that 30th at Pebble Beach. He's 6,400. Don't forget about him. I think a lot of people are because uh, we haven't seen him in some time. Akshay is probably the lowest I'd go. Um, Gligic played well at, at Punta Cana last week. He finished fourth. He's another one of those guys that we were playing in the fall a ton because they were just making cuts. Uh, played fourth at, uh, finished fourth at Punta Cana. I, unfortunately, I don't really know how he played with all the shot link data uh, on, on Gligic, but maybe if I was super desperate, I'd go to 62. Akshay at 64 is probably the lowest I want to go. Let's run a model. And uh, let's, I'm going to caveat this by saying, I hope this is the last time you see this version of the model. My goal was to have the new version out that I've been testing in the Slack channel um, over the past couple of weeks to have that out this week. I'm very, very close to it. There's just a couple things I have to get on the website and make sure they work in that setting. So I was hoping to have it this week. I'm still open to maybe have it out later in the week. And then, um, of course, I, I really want to have it for next week for the Masters. But hopefully you'll see a different version of the of the lineup of the custom model or the lineup builder on uh, on the show soon. All right, so what do we know about this week? We don't have a lot of strong correlators anywhere. So here's what I'm going to do. I am going to take one of our stronger correlators at strokes gain around the green. I'm going to put 20 on it. If I have to do 20 on around the green, I got to do 20 on accuracy, not distance. Sorry about that. So that leaves me with uh, 60 remaining. Now I, I want to say, okay, 25 on approach. I know that's critical. Some of these par fives are, are, are long. You got to kind of take advantage of these par fives. Let's put 15 on the par fives. Let's do, uh, there's a ton of sand out there. Let's do 10 on the sand. And then let's just do 10 more on birdie or better. And let's run this model. Oh boy. Oh boy. Hideki Matsuyama is my number one golfer. This is a blend of the last two seasons. That's what you're, that's what you're seeing here. Oh boy. Hideki, my number one golfer, Scotty Scheffler two. We know how I feel about that. DJ three, HV three, Howard Warner, the third is my fourth ranked golfer. Cameron Davis, fifth Fowler, sixth Akshay seventh. How about that? Seb Munoz, eight Palmer, nine Wow. These are not guys I would have played. (laughs) This is, but I guess that's the point of running the model, right? Find guys that you would not have considered, um, 
with your net, with your own narrative and your own opinion put into it and let the computer pump it out. But, um, wow. Yeah. These are guys I will, I was not going to play. I'll do a deep. So after looking at this, I'll, I'll, I'll feel more confident in Cam Davis. We, we saw him a lot throughout the show. I'll probably have to do a deeper dive into HV three and I will have to decide if I want to be, if I want to try to catch Hideki early that those are the questions that I have. Um, then I could probably, you know, like I'm fine with Palmer. I'm fine with DJ. Obviously DJ's awesome. Fine with Akshay Fowler. Oof. I'd have to do a deep dive and, and, and do some soul searching on that one as well. All right, that'll do it. Valero Texas open this week. Going to be a lot of content, obviously a ton of content coming for masters week next week. It's going to be awesome. I'm stoked for it. Let me know what you think. Tweet me at Rick run. Good. Leave a comment below. Best of luck. And I'll talk to you guys soon.